I'm Joe Pardo, and my guest today is making her dreams come true because she gets to be a tax superhero. And for all my business owners out there, and and non-business owners, because taxes affect everyone, I don't know. If, maybe maybe I could ask if there's a is there a country that doesn't have taxes? I'd like to welcome to the show Diane Gardner. Hi, Joe. I'm looking forward to our to our episode today. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, I am too. I am too. Uh, so why don't you start by giving some background about yourself? Well, as you said, I get to be a tax superhero. Not many accountants get to play on the fun side of taxes as opposed to the awful, icky, painful side of taxes. And I used to be the other kind of accountant that I would tell you, oh, Joe, I got some really bad news for you. This year, you owe $30,000 on your tax return. And you would say, I hate you. And and that would kind of be the end of that discussion. And then next year, you would cringe if you had to come see me again. So now I get to work with entrepreneurs and business owners and help them plan their way to a lower tax liability. And now my conversation is, Joe, guess how much we saved on your taxes this year? We saved you $30,000 and you only owe ten or whatever it is. And you are super excited because due to the planning, it all paid off. And you're thinking, wow, we put that $30,000 back into my pocket or I paid down debt or I invested it into my business or I did something with it personally or whatever. Um, and life is good. And now you're happy to come see me and come talk to me again. <laughs> you know, I think, um, well, for, all right, let's, first off, let's go into how did you, how long have you been doing tax for? Oh, I'm going to give away my age here. Uh, probably over 30 years. Wow. Okay. Okay. Long time. <laughs> and, and okay, let's talk about the, uh, when did you start making to, to make that change where you're like, I I'm tired of being the bearer of bad news and, and making people feel terrible when you seem like an awesome person that seems like super happy and just wants to laugh and smile and, and make other people happy. Well, that change came about as we were working our way through the recession that we had a few years ago. The 2012 or the 2008? 2008. Okay. So I'm going to go back to that era. I was back then, I was your traditional accountant. I was that first one I described. You know, it just whatever the tax is, it is. There's, you know, yeah, there's some minimal stuff we can do, but there was nothing creative that I, you know, that I was jumping on and preaching about. Well, during that time period, the clients that I had, so many of them were going out of business because they were affected very heavily by that recession. And I found myself looking at this and going, if I don't make some changes, I'm going to be on that list. I'm going to become a statistic and I don't want that to happen. And so most accountants really don't know anything about marketing. They don't know how to get out there and say, hey, choose me, you know, that type of thing. So I had to learn how to do all that. Um, I'm very typically, um, you're very quiet. I'd love to stay behind the scenes kind of person. I'll work my, my heart out to make you shine in whatever it is your business that you're doing. But I've never liked to be out front. Well, that had to change and I had to learn how to become that face of my company. I had to learn how to step outside my comfort zone. And I had to learn how to do a lot of really uncomfortable things like become an author uh, get interviewed on a regular basis, put on a seminar, actually talk to people. And it was painful, but I've learned how to do it. And now I think it's fun. 
And so that started me on the adventure of what do I want to do differently? How can I make myself different so that people are attracted to me and I'm able to work with the type of clients I love to work with and not have to work with those that are grumpy and growly and, you know, there's never anything good going on in their lives. And so started looking into things and decided that there was a lot of people that were making a ton of money during that recessionary time. How was I going to find them and what was their need? Their biggest need was somebody to help them with their taxes. And so that's how we started that transition was now working over in the tax planning area, being proactive and not reactive. You know, and I I always find it surprising that so many business owners and and people in general are so reactive to their taxes rather than being proactive Um, and knowing like the, you know, especially now with all the tools that are available to you, like to track things like, you know, I, I could see like 20 years ago, like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to keep every receipt. I don't want to like itemize everything. But now it's like if you use uh, something, you know, like a like QuickBooks or FreshBooks or whatever, you know, books <laughs> is the flavor of the week. Like those types of things can become a lot. I mean, obviously, the bigger your business, the harder it can it can be to, you know, wrangle all that. But even still, like the tools are there. The tools are definitely there. But so many people live in the land of I don't know what I don't know. And they're busy running their businesses. They're busy trying to promote that business, make that next sale, do that next networking event, you know, all the stuff that it takes to keep a business rolling that they're not thinking about the other side until it slaps them in the face in March or April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So I, I, I wanted to go back a little bit to when you were talking about like how did you start to justify to your yourself that you were had to get out of your shell, right? Because, like, you were probably comfortable there, right? Like, that's where it's Very. comfortable. Very. When, well, I'm going to back up even one more year. In 2007, I purchased my current office building at the height of the market. Oh, so, boy. in 2008, it was worth probably less than half of what I paid for it. Uh... And the reality was, you can't sell this building. It's not worth a fraction of what you paid for it. Even if you could, there's no place else that was available that I could rent. And so I had better just figure out a way to suck it up and get moving. And so that desperation of being able to pay my team, because I had I have employees who work for me. I didn't want to lay anybody off. I was committed to keeping them all on staff, if at all possible, and moving forward. And so desperation will drive you to do things that are terribly uncomfortable. So when I was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. uh, When I was first approached about writing a book, I think my answer was, you're kidding me, right? I'm an accountant. I do numbers. I don't do words. I do numbers. And I just had the same message just repeated to me by my business coach. You have to write a book. If you're going to stand out and have a niche, you have to write a book. You've got to become an authority on your subject. And it's like, I don't know how to do that. But we figured it out. And now I have 10 books. Whoa. <laughs> but <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> Whoa. That, that, I, yeah, I, I got to catch up. I, I'm only at three. I got two in the <laughs> tank uh, being worked out. But, um, no, that's incredible. That is incredible. So, yeah. So I have this little magnet on my desk that says, Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. 
And I really have grabbed onto that because if I would have stayed where my comfort zone was previously, I'd be out of business. Well, we'd also be in our moms at that point. Right. Yeah. Mommy got an extra room. <laughs> well, no, I, I meant like literally in our moms. Yeah. Like, yes. Ne- yeah. Yes. Oh, next room. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I thought you were referring to the basement. The basement. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> but, it, but so much of life happens once we're willing to step out of that comfort zone, once we're willing to take that chance. And sometimes we fail big time. I've done some marketing things that have been huge flops, but that's okay because then the next time I say, okay, let's do it differently. Let's not do it that way again. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how we learn. And so being willing to take that chance. Oh, absolutely. Um, Now, during uh, what was your self-care like during the time in which you were like, okay, I got this building and I don't want to lay anybody off and. How am I going to make this work? What self-care, right? I was working 24-7 practically because I I couldn't let my team down. They were dependent on me for a paycheck. I didn't want to mess up my credit. The bank was dependent on me to make the next payment. And so we're happy to say now that we've put this building up for sale because we're moving into a building that's twice the size. Woo! Awesome. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. When you think back, that's only been 10 years ago. And we've come through some pretty rough years during that time period. I hope you got a good, a, a good price on this building. I hope <laughs> we do. So, so far, no nibbles, but we're hoping and praying that it will sell and not you know sell fairly quickly. But just the thought of, you know, now I'm selling because I want to, and I don't have to take pennies on the dollar that I would have had to take had I tried to do that back in 2008 or nine and tried to downsize or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and look, I mean, 10 years later, you grew into it and now you, you're, you're ready to out of, it. out of it. Right. So you have to, you do have to be willing to, to take those, uh, those risks. And, and I think even, I'm sure you had to have realized even before the downturn that like you were going to have to grow into the building that you just got anyway. Right. Right. And we were excited. Well, actually our first thought was this building is twice the size of what we had come out of. We'll never outgrow this building. <laughs> And then 10 years later, it's like, this building is so small. There's no room to turn around. We're bumping elbows with each other. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of funny how those, how when you're, you know, once you step out of that comfort zone, because I could have chose to stay in my comfort zone and we would never have outgrown this building. Mm-hmm. We could still be plodding along like I was before. So Absolutely. it's just funny how, how that works. So how did your family take it when you were like, um, uh, like I'm going to change and pivot my, you know, basically I, I guess your whole game plan for, uh, from going from just being an accountant to, to being an accountant that's, that's proactively going after very specific clients and being the face of the company. My family was somewhat okay with it. They weren't really sure cause they, cause I don't think they understood what I was wanting to do. So they just kind of went, well, whatever. But my staff dug in their heels and said, we're not changing. And so over the course of a, of a couple year time period, I ended up completely replacing my whole staff because they fought me every inch of the way. They couldn't understand why I would spend money to write a book and try to get it promoted and why I would spend money in other marketing avenues 
why in the world did I think that I was worthy of having somebody interview me? Those kinds of things, they put me down at every turn. And so I had to clean house and, and get a staff that came in that says, we are a tax planning company. This is what we do and here's how we do it. And they didn't know any different. And so they just went right along with the plan. But it was a very, very painful time period. No, I, I've been there. I, I know I know what that feels like. And, um, and it, uh, you know, and it's painful for you, too, because I'm sure you had relationships with these people, you know. So it's, yes. you, you didn't want to let go. And um, they didn't clearly want to let go either. Um, but, yeah, you they, know. Yeah. And, but it was time. It needed to happen or we wouldn't probably wouldn't have been here today. We would have become one of those statistics mm. instead of now, you know, Things are great and we're as busy as we can be and we're able to make a difference in so many people's lives and that's what it's all about. Bottom line is, can I make a difference in somebody's life? So now, what is what is your hobby that you really enjoy and, and are you getting to do that self-care now as you're going into another building <laughs> that you're going to have to grow into? I my Well, one, I have a couple hobbies. My, my biggest ones I like to just read. I'm a big avid reader. Um, I get to do a little bit of that now, not as much as I would love, but I do make sure that I make some time for me to read. Things that I, other things I love to do is I love to to get involved in Dutch oven cooking, and that's something that most people are like. What? What's that? And that's where we get to cook with those big old black pots when you um, use barbecue briquettes or you can use regular fire, and we turn out some awesome meals. I love it when we get a group of people over and. I've got four or five or six pots going, and they just they pig out. It's pretty fun. So like the, so, like the, the cauldron looking things. Is that what yeah you're yeah to? Those, okay. yep those big pots with little legs oh, on wow. them and yeah they're so much fun. You stack them up and you put briquettes in between them and pretty much anything you can bake in an oven or do in a crock pot you can do in a Dutch oven. Wow! And it's all cooked outside and. Um, friends and neighbors and relatives love it when we say, okay, it's a Dutch oven cooking day and come on and see what, what kind of concoctions Diane put in the pots. And... <laughs> oh, that's so, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of a unique hobby. And I, that one I have not gotten to do as much of as, as I've wanted to. I've been running shorthanded for about a year and a half, trying to find a good, strong senior accountant, tax preparer person who can work with me on the tax plans. So subsequently, I've been working more hours than I would like to work, trying to keep everything afloat in the business. Mm. Well, uh, for all of our tax accountants out there, if you're interested in finding a job, <laughs> where, where, where are you located? I think I forgot to ask that. I'm in northern Idaho, about 100 miles south of the Canadian border. Would have never guessed that. And <laughs> I don't know that we have. I'm sure we do have listeners in Idaho. I I'm pretty sure because like we have listeners across the entire map. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I personally don't know any of our Idaho listeners. But if you're <laughs> if you if you are and you're you're a tax accountant and you're and you're looking for that kind of position, um, you know that's 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 there for you. It's there, right? And. Be, because I live in a town of about 6,000 people, that was another one of those stretching of the boundaries. My comfort zone is we ended up moving, making the, the decision to start working nationwide. And so as a result of my interviews and my books and things like that, we have clients from Rhode Island to Hawaii now in almost every single state. 
So that it's a lot incredible. of fun. Yes, we've got to meet some awesome people. I've got some clients I've never even met them face-to-face, just Skype and Zoom and things like that. But now when I travel to various conferences or whatever, if I can find you know something that's close to where one of my clients are, I'll detour off and go spend a day or two with them. And they think that's pretty cool when I've come into town and get to see how their business works and come up with more ways because I actually see the nuts and bolts of how, what they're doing in, in their business. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the, the ways I work in my consulting business is I go out and visit the, and spend three days with them because of the, all those unknown unknowns that they're like, they're stressed out about other things that they're too blind. They're no, you know, quote unquote, nose blind to the things that mm-hmm. they don't even realize are, is going on right under them. Right. Um, but with our fresh set of eyes, we walk in and you can see it immediately. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so, and, and you know what, and now that you mention it, it makes a lot more sense why your team was probably so like dead set against, uh, wanting that change. Cause in a town of 6,000 people in Idaho, where it's not like, Oh, well, you know, there's a city with 15 million people. It's 40 minutes away, but we have lots of clients that, you know what I mean? Or it's, or it's 30 minutes away. We have lots of clients there. It would be kind of scary if they don't see that that grand scheme of like the whole country is your your oyster to to get clients right. from. So, well, the thought that that they would have to learn how to do things in various states, I think, terrified them. Mm. You know, because every state does it a little bit different. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. That yeah, that would yeah, that definitely would scare people off. Changes, changes tough. Changes tough. Right. Yeah. So we just had to do some cleaning house and now I've got an awesome group of bookkeepers and accountants that are excited to get to work with people remotely <laughs> and it works really well. Yeah, no, it totally, it absolutely does. I mean, I work with a lot of people, a lot of people remotely, including this interview. So, um, I, I, I love it. Um, I just want to real quick remind everybody that they're listening to the Dreamers podcast with me, Joe Pardo, and my guest, Diane Gardner, uh, who is the tax superhero. Superhero, Super Joe, it's it, it's, it's, it's symbiotic here. Um, so, Diane, what's been your biggest roadblock in business and in life? Myself. My lack of confidence not willing to put myself out there and say, hey, look at me. That is so hard for me to do. <laughs> and so I know I have stood in my own way. You know, get my head, you get the head trash out of your head and, and turning that mindset around to knowing that I have valuable information that people would love to hear and they'll pay me for, to, for me to share that expertise with them. That was a huge hurdle for me. Hmm. So, and, and what, uh, what did you do to, to overcome that? Business coaches. <laughs> I have three of them that I work with and they have different areas, each different specialties. And so the one has been a lot of the mindset type stuff has, has been working with her and getting me to see myself the way other people see me and not the way that I grew up and, and the, your family background and all that stuff that plays into it and ex-spouses and those kind of things that can tear you down mentally and emotionally and stuff. But just to get myself to see myself as, as the value that I have to offer and not be afraid to, to talk about it and not be ashamed to talk about it. 
but to be proud of here's what we have to offer and this is how we can help you and be able to just stand right up and be proud of that and so she has worked really hard to get me to that point and i think it's working <laughs> well you're here on the Dreamers podcast so you're and, and you're doing lots of other interviews and 10 books later yeah. i mean that that um you know there's so much to that that um you're you're you know we are a a a a mashup of the experiences and the people that we we've uh encountered and and the experiences both positive and negative um so i i you know i applaud you for for battling that and wanting to uh get you know get better at it because like we all like struggle with it to some extent it's just a matter of whether or not other people can see it right because like other some people look at like man 10 books like this this person has has it all together and it's like well yeah she does but she's about but she still has to work extra hours because she doesn't have that person that she needs in her in her business to to make it so she can work less and she's about to go on a whole nother journey of doubling in size again (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then it's all new. It is. And if you think of a picture of an iceberg, um, a few years ago, I got to go on an Alaskan cruise. And so you'd see these icebergs floating around out there, but you only see a couple feet of them above the water. And when you, if you look, were to actually see them, you would, there'd be several feet, a big chunk of ice under the water. And that's the part that people don't see is all that hard work that we do in the background to build our businesses, to get a strong foundation, to be, to become that persona that people see that top little piece of the iceberg. And, and I think that's why people say, you know, you hear about the overnight success that took them 15 years to get there, but they were the overnight success, you know? That's the part, the backside that people don't see is how hard some of us have to work because I'm not gifted with that gift of gab that, you know, certain public speakers and those kind of people are. I have to work hard at it. And other people are not gifted with pulling numbers and and doing an analysis and, and a spreadsheet and stuff like that. But that comes easy for me. So, you know, we all have areas in our lives that we have to work really hard at. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I I know for myself, it's, it's a constant battle of, uh, you know, trying to find that balance of, of being confident versus being, uh, full of yourself and, um, and even just believing in it, right. When other people are telling you something that to me is one of the hardest things, right. When, when people give you compliments, it's for me, it's the, it's so hard to take it. Um, I want to take it. And if it's somebody I have no interest, they have no interest in me and no interest in them or, or investment in, in me or investment in them, then it's like, it's so much easier to take that. Cause it's like, well, they didn't have to go out of their way to say that. Right. Yeah. But the truth is, is like, everybody doesn't have to go out of the way to say anything, but it's so much <laughs> harder to accept that because we're just, I guess, programmed to, to hear about how awesome we are from our parents. Our parents in a lot of cases <laughs> and they're slightly biased <laughs> yeah a little bit a little bit <laughs> hmm. um so all right so so diane uh what was your childhood dream growing up oh wow was it, um, was it to be an accountant not until i hit high school in high school i had a wonderful shop teacher 
and his wife was a was a CPA, an accountant. And I really, really enjoyed spending time with her. And she told me a little bit about the business was like. And I was good in math in high school. And so when I hit college, I decided I'll be an accountant. And that's kind of, you know, how that dream got birthed was because of my shop teacher and his wife. <laughs> how, how about before that? Like when you were growing up? I was a horse crazy little girl. So anything and everything to do with horses, I was there. So that was my biggest dream was just spending time with my horses and um, up until a few years ago, I still had horses and have let them go Aww. now. So, uh, and I just mentioned this on the last episode of the Jeremy's podcast, but you know about the horse radio network, right? No. You don't know about that? Glenn the Geek, he, he's a, a good friend of mine. He's been a guest on the show. He runs a, like a 20 podcast show uh network sorry uh called the horse radio network and they even do a uh i think it's four or five days a week uh horses in the morning where it's it's a it's a morning talk show but it's it's you know revolving around horses uh-huh. everything everything horses it's wow yeah, i will check that gets out you, gets you reconnected <laughs> with your your inner horse uh, I know I, your inner horse i guess i i don't know i i didn't grow up around horses or anything like that so and my my best friend was my horse through junior Aww. high and high school, but since some really tough stuff within our family, and that horse, I don't know if I would have done it without her being there. Oh, she was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely give, give Glenn because uh, uh, they have like call like uh, uh, like listeners call in and stuff during the 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 horses in the morning. Uh, I think it's like like six a.m. Eastern to like ten or nine or something like that uh-huh. every every day every five days a week. Really uh-huh. cool stuff. So okay. ra- really random that that came up twice in, in, <laughs> in back-to-back episodes. <laughs> but, so, Diane, what do your dreams for the future look like? My future dreams would be continuing to work with successful entrepreneurs and being able to continue to increase my tax savings right now. I'm at about a million and a half dollars that I've saved for my clients. And I want to turn that number into, you know, five and 10 million and, and, you know, leave that as my legacy is that look how much money she saved for people over the years. So that's kind of exciting to me. I also have another company where I work with other accounting offices and help them with their practice management challenges. And so that's kind of a different side of me over there where I share the things that we do in our own office that's allowed me to double in size three different times. So just some of that kind of stuff I think is fun. I'm getting to the point that I no longer enjoy doing data entry. I have staff that does that for me. Wait, wait, wait. There was a time <laughs> in which you enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Back in my <laughs> in my early days. <laughs> it's not fun anymore to me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, was that because I'm, before that it was like pencil and paper and then you're like, oh, cool, I can use a computer and I can hit the numbers and it goes a little bit faster. Actually, there's just a certain, well, there's a certain sense of accomplishment when you've laid out this whole long, you know, bunches of figures and numbers and data and it all comes together and balances at the end that accountants really enjoy. And the rest of the world looks at us and goes, you guys need a life. No, not at all. Not at all. I, you know, the, the same can go for scientists. Same can go for, for people like me where, you know, we talking about business and, and things like that get, get me, you know, going. And, um, 
So not at all. That, that you know what the world needs more people that are excited about those numbers uh, to to say you know ho- hopefully to help save more money and and uh, you know quick question for you what what um with your with your clients do you know what they do with all those extra tax savings have you have you surveyed them at all I do I have one who has bought and paid for a commercial building I have one who's built his dream house. I have a couple who have gotten completely out of debt. I have another one who's in the process of almost doubling the size of his business. So he has dumped it right back into the business for capital, for growth. So, yeah, I track that information with them. I love to hear their stories, especially three, four, or five years down the road as those numbers get pretty big for them. Here's what we've been able to accomplish because we've had this extra cash. That is, you're making me cry because that, so. that, is, that is incredible to hear um and i'm glad that you're asking and and tracking it (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of part of that fulfilling piece of it not only did you know did i was able to put that cash back in your pocket but i know what their dreams and goals are because we've thoroughly talked about that in the tax planning process and then i'm able to track with you and check in with you periodically and see how we're doing in accomplishing your goals dreams and desires so and I, I I am going to go out on a limb here because I didn't click the button, but um, do you, and not the record button. Uh, <laughs> uh, did, did I ask you what your dreams for the future were? Yes, I did ask. Okay, because I like I usually click down through the the file. <laughs> um, okay, great. I might go back and edit this out. I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so how can people connect with you, Diane? The best place is to go to my website, which is www.taxcoachforyou.com. And we use the number four. So taxcoach, the number four, you.com. Out there, I love to give away copies of my books. And all I do is ask that they pay for shipping and handling. Um, I'm happy to share that information. I know my husband says, when are you going to start selling your books? <laughs> it's like, it's more important to get that information in people's hands than it is for me to get the sale of a, you know, $14.95 book or whatever. Uh, I also love to do what we call a free tax analysis. And that's where, Joe, you would send me your last couple of business and personal tax returns. I'll sit down and take a quick look at them. We hop on phone, Skype, Zoom, whatever you're comfortable with and just have a conversation. Here's what I saw. Did it look good? Sometimes they look really good and I go, hooray, keep doing what you're doing. Other times it's like, okay, this is what I saw. I think we could amend your return and get you X amount of dollars back. Or this is what I see. Here's some areas that you're missing some opportunities. And if depending on the tax savings we come up with, if there's significant tax savings, then we'll go to the next step of preparing a tax plan for you. And then if you want us to, we'll actually help you implement it. So I, I love that. So you're probably a lot more busier than than most accountants th- throughout the year, rather than just like leading up to April fifteenth and just after April fifteenth. Yes, yes, we're actually as busy during the rest of the year as we are during tax season. That is awesome. And do you just do entrepreneurs slash businesses, or are you also do you do personal too? We specialize in entrepreneurs, businesses, and people who are into commercial real estate there's some wonderful tax strategies for them as well there's not a whole lot i can do for somebody who just has a w-2 there's just there's not much in the tax code i can do for them so 
Unfortunately, I haven't really spent much time in that area because outside of some charitable contributions, there isn't a whole lot that I can do to make a difference in their tax life. Hmm. But the business owners, the successful entrepreneurs, um, real estate um, investors, those kind of people, there are some fun strategies out there. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, I will have all those links in the show notes at dreamerspodcast.com for everyone to check out. Uh, Diane, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here on the Dreamers podcast today. Is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? I think I would just go back to life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. And don't be afraid to take the plunge, take the challenge, take the leap, whatever you want to call it. But don't be afraid. Don't let fear hold you back because you never know when you are three feet from gold. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I would love to have you on the show again at some time in the near future to find out how uh, your your transition is moving. When are you actually moving into the new building? We are hoping within the next two to three weeks to make oh, that wow. move. Awesome. So by the time on... this goes live, you already have moved. Right. We're <laughs> waiting on some contractors to get the last few things done and get our final approval and we'll be making the move. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, so, if you've enjoyed this episode of the dreamers podcast, um, you know, there's a lot of things you could do. You could go to the website, but really all I want you to do is just tell a friend. That's all I ask. Uh, tell a friend that they, this episode might help or inspire, uh, for their business or their life. And, uh, that's, that's all I could ask for. Diane, thank you again for taking the time. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me on your program. And I'd love to come back anytime. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Business Podcast featuring Super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.